is Sally Kirkman, and I'm here with my friend and fellow astrologer, Christina Rodenbeck, to talk to you about the astrology of the month ahead. My website is sallykirkman.com, and Christina's is oxfordastrologer.com. And we both write horoscopes, subscription service, which are brilliant. Christina does a monthly and I do a weekly. So please do go and check them out. And how are we, Christina? How's the month been? <laughs> I mean, uh, like, what sort of question is that with what's going on in the world? But anyway, how's yeah. The, how's it been? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> uh, well, it's personally, it's been fine. I've had my birthday, of course. And um, I am pretty much surfing this Neptune Jupiter thing pretty well because I'm, you know, I'm very Piscean. So it, it's my, it's my uh, world, so to speak. Mm. However, you know, it's impossible not to be thinking about what's happening not very far from us yeah. um, all the time and wondering how to help and uh, when these people are going to stop it. Um, etc. So, you know, it's overwhelming, really, what's happening in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, it, one wants to be of practical use, mm-hmm. uh, but also spiritual. You know, how is it that we can, it sounds so, um, you know, you don't want to be narcissistic and say, how can, you know, what spiritual things that we do is going to be so helpful but, you know, on the other hand, it is important to be thinking about loving thoughts, I think, and um, mm. reminding ourselves of that love is the answer yeah. and that these people are wrong. Mm. Yeah, that's lovely. I really like that, actually. Um, you know, compassion. Mm. For, for it to bring out the compassion. And also when you were talking, I thought, I mean, you did the brilliant podcast with Victor Oliver and Lynn Bell looking at, you know, the charts uh, relating to the war. And that was a very, you know, practical, spiritual, bringing the two together. So, you know, I think that was really helpful too. Um, It has been an extraordinary time actually, hasn't it? And very emotional, I think, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, Well, I don't think if, if if you haven't felt emotional about what's going on, then, you know, you probably need to check your pulse actually. I mean, it's, you know, it's been that kind of, world experience um you know on a personal level I've I've actually not really enjoyed Pisces season if I'm honest um I've found I've been quite unclear a lot of the time um you know sort of a bit uncertain and confused has that been going on but actually at the same time quite creative too a lot of ideas going around but just not being able to sort of channel or focus them particularly well um so it has, I mean, and doing a lot of um, support, actually, support of friends who are finding, you know, this situation difficult. Um, and again, therefore, you know, kind of looking at this, this how, how you can help on individual level, actually, as well as, you know, the, the bigger situation. Yeah, a lot of people have found this Pisces energy very um, dissipating, you know, yeah. and people are finding, I mean, literally finding it that they're physically really tired. And I would just like to mention that if you have been feeling tired, mm. uh, you know, Neptune has, there's been a Sun-Neptune conjunction in the past few days, which is is tiring. It can be really draining, especially, say, for Leo. Mm. But 
Aries, lots of people. So if you've been needing to sleep a lot, do so. Yeah. You know, don't hold back. Do so. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. They, you know, we've been through, we're still within it actually, as we're speaking, you know, the sun Neptune conjunction, which is, seems to me to be even more powerful this year than usual. Um, and that is a time not to be, uh, pushing forward with the plans, but just to be in, be here now, be in the moment. Yeah, I agree. And I think also the other way it's played out is a lot of people not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. Neptune is the, it's the dream world, isn't it? My, I mean, you know, on the sun Neptune, my dreams, my dreams were just so busy and intense that I woke up feeling quite tired from, you know, my dream world. So yeah. there's a lot going on subconsciously on the inner level that's I think that's processing as well. And I would say personally and collectively on that inner level, I didn't sleep at all that night, actually, the night of the Neptune sun conjunction. Yeah. Uh, and then I slept really well the night afterwards. So it was a night of, of, in, but I did wake up with, you know, quite, or I, when I, I didn't sleep, because I had woken up in the middle of the night with an intense feeling of connection mm. to another world of the, uh, to the other side, mm. um, which was neither good nor bad, but just really interesting. Mm. I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? Cause Pisces is, you know, it's the last sign of the Zodiac. The sun's mm. been all the way around. So it is very much connected to the collective unconscious um, and the world beyond um, the self. Um, March the 13th was that sun Neptune of other people are um, <clears throat> kind of locating that in their lives. Um, it's also, yes, um, you know, a lot of souls are departing now because of this war. Yeah. And so the gates are open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not only are we having these mass movements of people around the world, mm. but we're also having a movement of souls. Mm. It's been very strong in the last few years. Um, yeah. I do think that's going. That is a theme of uh, of twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. So it's unsettling, isn't it? It's an unsettling time, actually, as well. Um, yeah. You know, individually and collectively again. So I how's it, go on. I was going to say, how's it going to be moving into Aries season? <laughs> um. Well, I think that for a lot of people, it's going to feel like uh, a little bit more clear. There's going to be clarity coming out. I'm. Um, I think we should look at the chart of the equinox. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to have a little talk about Aries people first? Well, let's have a little talk about Aries, shall we? Yeah. First sign of the zodiac, fire sign. So you move from, you know, this sort of boundless water sign as the sun completes its journey around the zodiac into a far sign first sign initiating get up and go um and you know aries ascendant here (laughs) very kind of closely attuned to aries energy actually i think you know i can be it's fast it's speedy impulsive impatient sometimes tactless you know leaping in (laughs) i also think that you're going from the kind of blurriness of Pisces to one-pointedness. I mean, I think of Aries as a very one-pointed sign, you know, very focused, um, which can, you know, it's got this good side and a bad side, um, but maybe 
helpful now, especially if you happen to be a person who is, uh, if you're fixed, a fixed sign, it's been quite difficult the last, you know, this early part of this year. Um, and if you're a fire sign, it's been very dank because there's been no fire. So I yeah. think it would be helpful for all of those people, um, mm. both the fixed and the fire in particular. So mm. mutable people have managed to mutable through all this. You know, they move through. Mm. Um, and air people have managed to sort of think through this and water people are feeling through this. But, you know, the fire people have been feeling very frustrated, I think. Yeah, so Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. I mean, I think this is, you know, the sun's moving to Aries is gonna is gonna enliven that. Um I did actually I was kind of looking, I was thinking, right, who's in the which areas are in the news? Um, you know, and always kind of wanting to find someone new. <laughs> but actually I ended up um looking at Diana Ross. Really? Yes, who is 77. But um I, I sort of looked at her because I saw that the BAFTAs happened and she introduced it singing, you know, one of the Bond songs, Diamonds Are Forever. And then kind of thought, well, let's just check out her chart and, and, and saw that she's headlining Glastonbury this year. Yes, taking, she's taking the legend spot. <laughs> so, really? okay, yeah. I wrote a piece about her a while ago, about her and Lilith. She's got a really interesting Black Moon Lilith in her chart. Has she? Ooh, that's interesting. I will dig it out and I'll put a link on the bottom of this thing. I can't remember yeah. what I said, but she's an interesting person. Okay. I know she, well, I, I had a quick look at a chart. I didn't notice what Lilith was doing. I mean, she's Scorpio rising, but what, a, what I did notice is that her son is at um, six degrees Aries. So when she's headlining Glastonbury, which for those who aren't in, you know, the UK, it's kind of the biggest music festival of the year. Um, she's got Jupiter on her son. Jupiter's oh, Aries. And it's going to be on her son when she's headlining Glastonbury. So here she is at 77. Wow. You know, back in the limelight. I thought that was great. <laughs> That's amazing and yeah. wonderful, actually. Um, and she's got that channeling thing that some Aries have of just somehow seeming to, there's a lot of actors and actresses with uh, who are Aries on there. Yeah. Um, and there's something about areas which if they can kind of let go and just let the spirit come in or whatever that just comes in and out of them, they're like these amazing channelers yeah. of, of, of psychic energy. And I do think Diana Ross has kind of got that when she's, when she's on, hasn't she? Yeah, she has. And she has got sun opposite Neptune actually as well. Oh, well there you go. There's the glamorous. You know. it, it intensifies it, doesn't it? But I agree. And I think that is, you know, again, with I think what's can be lovely about Aries as well is there's a real uninhibited side of Aries, isn't it? I mean, they, they're the real kind of divas of the world, you know, Lady Gaga, Elton John, that mm-hmm. Maria Carey. I mean, sometimes quite tricky characters, but there is something about that. It's like throw away all the inhibitions. Here I am. You know, it's kind of um, it's I wonderful. Would- so they make good superstars, don't yeah. they? <laughs> I always think that com- the uh, contrast between Gaga and Madonna is always an interesting Leo Aries contrast. Because mm-hmm. mm. Gaga, there's something about her. Like, first of all, she can really sing, right? But also, there's a loss of inhibition that she seems to be able to do, which yeah. you never really feel with Madonna. She's always very calculating. Mm-hmm. But with Gaga, and that I think that's really Aries, that ability just to let go and just to be absolutely true 
to, you know, true to yourself, true to whatever it is. Mm. And you see that in those performers. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, that's an interesting side of Aries, isn't it? Um, I really like that side. And I do think, you know, as we're moving into Aries season, it is about, you know, it's, it's stop swimming around in circles. Let's do it. You know, Um, I mean, the, the, one pointedness of Aries is, uh, you know, has its other side, which is being blink, you know, not being able to see other people's points of view. Well, yeah, and that's where Aries needs to learn from its opposite star sign Libra. Yeah. Aries aren't very good at compromising very often. They like to win as well, want to be first. So, so I agree. Yeah, it's it's mean, throw, mean, isn't it? They can throw something into competition when there is no competition. That's an Aries thing to do. Suddenly, there's this competition going on. You think, where did that come from? Oh, it's the Aries doing their thing, right? <laughs> um, and that's sometimes useful because it pushes people forward. It makes people go ahead. You know, why do you have a? You know, why do you have prizes? You know, why do you have sports? Well, just because it pushes people forward. But yeah. sometimes it's not helpful. No, agreed. Agreed. Uh, and sometimes there's no winner. Can I just go back to our war in Ukraine? Everybody's going to lose from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And war, it's the sign. It's a warrior sign as well. It it's is. It sign. is. Ruled by Mars, God of War. Um, yeah. You know, so soldiers, firefighters, heroes as well. I mean, it's. You know, the, again, the best side of that is Aries will often defend the underdog. They'll fight for other people. Um, but it is, it's a fighting sign, Aries. It's brave. I mean, you know, that's a bravery about Aries. And that's, again, to do, it's not the calculating bravery of Scorpio. It's, uh, is it brave or is it foolhardy, you know? Because yeah. there's also that, like, just jumping into stuff without thinking. Yeah. Uh, and without thinking things through, which is very Aries as well. Uh, I'll just do this. Oh, I'll just do that. Yeah. Um, they do eventually learn from their experiences. Well, they do. And they're very good at starting things. I mean, Aries are great to get things going, but not always so good at completing them because they get bored quickly too or frustrated. Um, so, you know, you need someone else on your team if there's an Aries. Yeah. And actually really good for getting other people started too, for motivating people. Yeah. And saying, come on, let's do it. You know, that's motivating, a- motivating or bullying. <laughs> okay. Get on with it, you know. Really? <laughs> mm. Um, so where are we? Let's talk about this equinox. I'll get this chart yeah, up. Get the chart up. We're gonna put the chart up for those who are watching the video rather than the podcast, but we'll um hopefully explain it all so it's clear on the podcast. It's always interesting just to look at the chart. Um, you know, because because often the, I mean, the equinox chart or the solstice chart is meant to give a flavour of what's coming in the in the next three months, isn't it? It can be a, a symbol of that moment in time. Um, yeah, and the equinox chart is when the sun is at zero Aries, yeah. and this year it's on, at, on the twentieth of March. Yeah, um, usually it's on the twentieth of March. Sometimes it's on the twenty first, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. It's clear that the moon is at twenty nine fifty four of Libra. Yeah, which is interesting, isn't it? Right at the end of Libra, and mm-hmm. in a kind of quincunx to the sun, which is often a a blind spot. It's what what's not being seen. Um, you know, really nearly in Scorpio, the moon, but not just holding out in Libra. I don't know quite what to make of that. Do you have a 
a sense of what it might be about? Um, yeah, I mean, I looking at that, I mean, I ha- hate to say it, but I, I think we're all keep on circling back to this war, mm. um, the war in Ukraine, and whether that's going to ripple out, um, how that's going to affect all of us in many multiple way, in many different ways. Mm. Even if you're on the other side of the world, this may have an effect on your, um, it's going to have an effect on agriculture around the world, interestingly enough. Mm. Uh, uh, and it will have an effect on you, even even if you live far, far, far away. Um, mm. So I'm just thinking about that. The reason I bring that up is because this is a warrior sign uh, and this is the beginning of a, of a war. We're at the beginning of a war. Um, and Libra is the sign of peace and negotiations. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, and it would have been, so it's, is it just after, yeah, the full moon was in, was previously, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the 18th of March, so just before the equinox. Uh, which would have been across Pisces, Virgo. Yeah. Um, so the moon is moving away from this full moon situation with the sun being in full stretch mm. and to close, close towards the sun. Um, and I think that that, but the, um, it's just moving into Scorpio, as you say, it will move into Scorpio within a, you know an hour probably from then or a couple, you know, maybe a couple, but soon. Mm. Um, and that is the emotions, the desire, maybe, there may have been an opportunity for negotiation just mm. before then. Mm. Uh, mm. But those negotiations are that opportunity may be disappearing. Gosh, that's, I'm sounding really gloomy, but just because it's about to go into Scorpio, which is the other Mars ruled warrior sign. And often also looking at these charts, interestingly, the moon is the people yeah. and the sun is often the leaders. So the sun, you know, is, is in Aries. It's, it's about winning, isn't it, again? you know, the sun in Aries, where the moon in Libra really, as you say, wants to negotiate, wants peace. Um, so trick, I mean, it's a tricky quincunx. It is a blind spot, I think, a real and blind the, spot. Yeah, and the, the, the leaders may not be seeing the people. The yeah. other interesting thing about this chart is that uh, the moon is ruled by Venus in this chart and the sun is ruled by Mars, which are still in conjunction mm. 20th of March. So those two are actually talking. Yeah. It suggests some kind of potential for possibly for negotiation, possibly peace. Some, and it does talk of alliances, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, they stay kind of side by side in Aquarius, really, until early April when they move into Pisces, and then they um, Venus kind of quickly skips away from Mars. But there is a a possibility, isn't there, of um, alliances with the Venus Mars, whatever they mean. Also, interestingly, I mean, the nodes, the north node, south node axis is on the midheaven, um, the MCIC, which, you know, here's the big themes, really, land, you know, what it's going to do to food, the economy. I mean, this really powerful eclipse cycle, the nodal cycle that started last year and will move into 2023 is is kind of really firmly positioned on this chart. Um I was interested this morning, I was listening to the news and the German Chancellor Olaf um, Scholz used a word, I can't remember what it was in German, uh, 
Well, no, Zeit something. But what it translates as is a turning point in history, an epochal turning point. Um, and they had a great German compound word for this. Um, and he said, you know, 24th of February was a world turning point, which is the kind of word that we would use as astrologers as well. This is where at a world turning point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I do feel that this nodal axis of um, across Taurus and Scorpio is, is a very powerful one. And it's a shift in power as well. Scorpio is a sign that's about power. And there's a loss of power on one side and maybe a gaining of power on the other. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing these the power shifts across the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of people are making predictions in different directions. I don't just mean astrologers, but, you know, political scientists, etc., commentators. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who's going to win from this war? Of course, you know, it's not really like it's the wrong way to look at it um to see this as a uh as a thing that has winners and losers um there may be people who come out there may be nations that come out more powerful from this but i would be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if everybody ends up suffering loss um and that we're going through as you say with the that that taurus north node that is about uh has been in the past about shifts in ownership of land yeah so you know the indian the partition of india is on that axis and the creation the six-day war in israel is on that axis um so you know it's an interesting axis Mm. yeah Absolutely. I mean, the other thing I think to note on the equinox chart is it's a Virgo ascendant. So, you know, the ruling planet is Mercury in Pisces, very dreamy Mercury. But interestingly, again, going to the Jupiter-Neptune. So, you know, we've got the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction is the big theme, really, of the month we're moving into. And we've had the sun triggering it in March. Um, And just as we move into, you know, the after the equinox, the Mercury will conjunct Jupiter and then conjunct Neptune very quickly, actually. I think it's the 21st and 23rd of March. So again, picking up this major um, Jupiter-Neptune theme. And weaving them together before they even make their conjunction. Yeah. Um, So, but they're conjunct, you know, this Jupiter-Neptune, they're already in, you know, this this counts as a conjunction. Mm. Um, And it has over and over again been repeated since earlier in March. Mm. Um, and I think there's a lot of hope in there. Mm, I do. I do. Uh, I think there's a lot of hope for, you know, um, not just compassion, which sounds sometimes can sound, sound, you know, compassion in a strong way, you know, not in a weak way, mm. but also about uh, maybe coming together and understanding that this is one world. Yeah. Because Jupiter's. Yeah, I mean, Jupiter is the global planet, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it is the global planet. Um, and, and I just, you know, for your introduction, actually, to this <laughs> to this podcast, I think was very relevant of the Mercury, Jupiter, Neptune, what you were saying as a Pisces. I mean, you were talking about, you know, the dreams and waking up with this real um, theme of connection. Mm. Um, you know, it was, it's, I think a lot of people, but particularly Pisces, are able to sort of, really tap into this at the moment 
um, yeah. tapping into that kind of the, the dream world, the collective unconscious, the need for unity, actually, you know, well, the need that, for that we, that human beings, we're all brothers and sisters. Yeah. We are all brothers and sisters. And that's also Mercury, which is the sign of the siblings, you know, yes. together with Jupiter. Uh, and these are our brothers and sisters are fighting each other and mm. they need to stop, mm. you know, and that all, the whole planet, you know, unless we need to work together. Mm. Um, and that feeling of unity is a beautiful thing. Mm. Not something to be feared is beautiful. Mm. Um, and uh, sometimes you kind of, you, I, it's been like this for a few, for many years now. You just feel like this is the last, is this the last gasp of imperialist, you know, um, patriarchal hegemony, you know, as this another kind of iteration of it, are we going to go on and on with this? And it's interesting seeing this hugely imperialist act um, going on. And I have to say one of the things that, really struck me at the beginning of this was just thinking, guys, men, men, just stop it, you know, stop doing that man thing and think differently about Mm. how the world can be. Mm. It doesn't have to be this competition. Mm. We need to learn to share. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that this, you know, the Jupiter-Neptune is going to be such a huge theme during Mm. every season. Yeah. It's kind of like it feels like it's, and it's needed. I mean, the actual conjunctions on April the 12th, um, but we're just getting these sort of waves of it, waves of it coming through. So, um, you know, and wherever it falls in, you know, in your horoscope, what what's the big dream or what's the, you know, this, this connecting wave? Um, what do you have to share? Yeah. It may literally be your house, you know, if you're mm. hosting refugees. Yeah, and that would be, that would fit in particular for Sagittarius because this is happening in your home sector. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, and it's that idea of sharing. You know, how is it going to be? Or for for Gemini, you know, it's going to is it just sharing your ideas? You know, yeah. broadcasting, yeah. being a journalist. You know, because of course, it's Gemini is the mm. sign of a journalist. Mm. And this is going to be a big story for many journalists um, you know is going to make them mm. you've got Jupiter at the top of your chart you know mm. um and it's for most of us I, this is an overwhelming energy this Jupiter Neptune energy mm-hmm. approaching and that you can see here and that we're talking about now with Mercury coming towards it at the equinox and we need to be prepared you know for a big wave um mm. I mean that we're already in mm. uh, and to Try and you know keep your head above water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is you know it is it it is a big wave. So it's that that one that poem, not waving but drowning. <laughs> I love that. I love that kind of phrase, not waving but drowning. You know, are you waving or are they seeking help? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of relevant for Virgo in a way because again, Mercury's your planet's in your seventh house. Who might need help? Literally check if they're waving or if they're drowning. I mean, who do you need to be there for? You know, who do you need to save um, mm. with that? Or maybe you're going to fall madly in love. Yeah, that, well, yes. I mean, Virgo, 
<laughs> Has Virgo not fallen in love yet? They've had so much love stuff over the last couple of, a few years, haven't they? It's like, come on, Virgos. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you haven't yet, I mean, Neptune's been in your relationship sector since 2012. If you haven't yet, this is your big moment. <laughs> Just lose yourself. Let go of control. This is the time, you know, it's the un- uninhibited Virgo is needed. <laughs> Or yeah. the artist, the creative too. I mean, it's a very creative and artistic combination as well in Pisces. It's amazing for Scorpios. I mean, yes. this fantastic conjunction for Scorpios, isn't it? Mm. Um, and that's going to be creative in some way or to do with your kids or just delightful, luxury, fun, something that you can lose yourself in, um, in a beautiful way. You know, and you should be thinking about this and talking about this, you know, now, now, Mm. you know, Mm. getting ready for that. Um, I actually think Scorpio has one of the best angles on this whole Jupiter-Neptune thing because it's in the fifth house, which is a nice place to host anything. Um, And it's not right on your sun, you know, it's sometimes these things are much easier to deal with when they're at a trine, which means when they're at a um, Mm -hmm. 120 degree angle to your sun, it's it's, it's much smoother for the Scorpios and Cancerians. Cancerians, yeah, I was going to say for the other the other water sign. Interesting, isn't it, that, you know, as we move into this month and, you know, Mercury is picking up the Jupiter Neptune theme, actually, Scorpio's planet Mars. I mean, it's next to Venus, so there's the theme of love again, but it's going to clash with Uranus. I mean, it's running into the square with Uranus at the same time. I mean, that, you know, if you look at that symbolism very simply, it could be, you know, leaving one relationship to move into another, couldn't yeah. it? it could be the, the trigger that, you know, Mars and Uranus are often about, it can be about splitting, splitting off. Uranus in um, Scorpio's relationship sector. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a theme also of impulsive moves as we move into Aries season. Mars is really revving that up. Um, you know, this, this theme of sun kind of just doing stuff and splitting, moving on, moving away to, to get that beauty of the, the Jupiter-Neptune, to move towards something that's more kind of beautiful or inclusive or romantic or dreamy um it's quite interesting sort of conjunct of astrology isn't it going on well it is isn't it i mean because we've got these little as you say that that square that's carrying going on between venus mars and uranus is you know that is splitting but it's also could be coming together you don't know with the uranus which way it's going to go true I've seen it go either way. Suddenly people fall madly in love with the Uranus square. It's like, boom, I didn't realize that my best friend was actually someone I was madly in love with. Mm. You know, I think that's especially true. Maybe for Taurians, they may suddenly, you know, wake up and realize that that person that they completely ignored is actually fabulous. Um, and I think it's also true. I'm just thinking about, leos with this long period of mars and venus in their sign of relationship Mm. now it's making the square to uranus that could be a split you're right it Mm. could be leaving a relationship but it also as well equally and this is what's 
funny about astrology is that because it's a polarity, you know, it can go either way. Equally, it may be love at first sight. You see someone. Yep. You know? um, and because we're talking about this equinox, we're looking at the equinox chart, that's a theme, you know, for the next three months. It tells us a little bit about the next three months, not just the next few days. Mm. Mm. It's these, for, so for Leah's, you see many possible exciting encounters or mm. ones that change the direction of your life. Yeah. And that, I think that's a very Uranian thing. You think you're going in one direction and suddenly you meet someone or you encounter an idea that, that changes your direction. Mm. And for Leo's, this is all at the top of the chart. You know, mm. it's a chain, it's a switch in direction. So it's, it's something um, or someone, and it gets that Uranus has been there for a while, several years, and it'll be there for several years more, but it's mm. particularly triggered at the moment. Mm. And it's about, it's not just personal, is it? It's professional too, because um, for Leo's Uranus is in Taurus and your career sector. So it's the people you meet that change the direction of your career, future path, vocation as well. Um, it's quite an interesting um, astrology, what's going on there. Mm. Just one last thing on this equinox. I think it's interesting that the sun is in the eighth, um, just barely in the eighth, and that the Jupiter Neptune is in the seventh. So there's a lot of sort of people walking around. Um, and again, that sun in the eighth is a is a focus on the esoteric or on debt or on those taboo things that we don't like talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe a collective focus on that, mm-hmm. or a collective light on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The sun does bring things to light, doesn't it? <laughs> the things that are down there, dark in the shade, into light. And actually, this, if you look at this chart, the moon is making an exact square to Pluto as well, which is interesting. Yeah. In that one. And that, that, fits in with these themes of debt and extreme wealth as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, which, yeah, which is really being exposed at the moment, isn't it? Really exposed. The imbalance of money economy. Yeah. You know. The, yeah. yeah. Yet again, you know, how many times do we need this sort of driven home? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just put up this chart for um, the new moon on the 1st of April. Yeah, lovely. If I can find, figure out how to do it. Which is quite a nice new moon, actually. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's got Mercury is in Aries by then, whizzing along, little Mercury at the moment. Um, you know, it's when Mercury is fast, it goes through a star sign in two weeks. Um, and we're not, I don't know when the next retrograde phase is, but certainly not now. So, yeah, I mean, on the new moon, I mean, look at that for Aries. If you want to launch something, if you want to start something, if you want to initiate something, grab that new moon date, the 1st of April. Um, Speak up, reach out, make a phone call, send a text, whatever. Just be fast and do it. I mean, it's a brilliant new moon for taking action. Um, You know, and and ideas, it feels like kind of generating ideas too. So, I mean, that's also for probably Aquarius as well. It's a good new moon um, for generating ideas kind of getting things moving, making suggestions. Um, yeah, it's quick, isn't it? There's a quick 
emphasis. I mean, the whole month is fast. And last month was fast too. So March was fast. April's going to be fast. May is going to be fast. Um, so we're kind of go, moving very, very quickly. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's funny. I wouldn't necessarily start something on that new moon. I'd start it like a few days later. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I say that because it does make a conjunction with Chiron. So I would start it if I was starting like the Red Cross or something or something that's helpful to other people, you know, mm-hmm. it's ironic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would be slightly cautious I think around that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, an, it, it's, there's a lot going on in Aries there because mm. it's also making a conjunction to Pallas Athena too, mm. um, who is, you know, the goddess of wisdom. Yep. Um, yeah. So the, and by then Mars and Venus have started to move apart by the 1st of April. They're both still in Aquarius. Yeah. Um, but that long embrace that they've had is now pretty much over for another year, actually. Yeah. And it's interesting that they also have got Saturn sort of sitting in between them now. It's like the dad has come along. It's like Romeo and Juliet, just stop it now. Um, or not, maybe not Romeo and Juliet because they're not dead, but, um, you know, it's like the dad has put them apart. There's a wall between them and that is Saturn in Aquarius, mm. which has two lovers has mm. come up. There's yeah. some boundary has gone up and, you know, um, or you can say there's a, you know, they've made a commitment and now they're moving on. Mm. Um, so they've done the marriage and now one can move to Australia and the other one can move to, um, sunny California. Mm. Uh, it's kind of going to be an interesting one isn't it for Aquarius also Leo relationship sector and Libra romance sector so if you're in some kind of um I don't know relationship entanglement or whatever you know who's (laughs) who's running away or who's chasing after it's a kind of nice little dance that's going on in a way but yeah what what's the Saturn what does the Saturn represent I mean that Mars Saturn conjunctions on the 5th 5th of April um You know, and that can Mars. I mean, I have a Mars Saturn opposition, so it can it can work either way. Sometimes it slams on the brakes. You know, it can the Saturn, which is strong in Aquarius, can stop the Mars getting ahead. Um, but sometimes it's about determination, commitment, pushing through. Um, mm. You know, really committing to to what you want to do. Really, you know, moving things forward in a good way. Um, going to be interesting for Taurus that in particular as it's in your career sector. So who's who's helping you, who's stopping you is something to look at. And where's your commitment around work and next steps too? I think it's pretty good for Taurus, actually. Mm. Um, you know, because Saturn in the 10th, who doesn't like that? You know, this is the, the harvest of all your hard work. And Mars is pushing you ahead with that. I have a Mars-Saturn conjunction in my chart, actually, similar, you know, mm. a few degrees apart like this almost exactly similar mm. and I value it quite a lot. I think it gives a lot of grit to a chart. Mm. Um, you know, it has a bad reputation, Mars, Saturn aspects. Mm. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're the two malefics coming together, aren't they? But as yeah. with all the planets, you know, how do you work with them too? I mean, what's their, their strengths? Well, um, as you say, it's determination, commitment, pushing through, finishing stuff off. Yeah. So this is a, 
you know, with all that other stuff. So there's something starting with the Aries energy this month, but there's this commitment to finishing things off as well. That's actually really healthy and good. And that's uh, maybe helped a lot by the Mars Saturn conjunction, which is kind of ongoing. I mean, as you say, it's exact on the fifth, but you know, there they are close together right on that new moon. So anyway, it's like, what are you finishing off? What projects can you put to bed? Um, so that then you can start again when Mars gets on the other side of that mm. Saturn. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of, that works for everyone, doesn't it? Um, so for example, you know, Virgo, that's in your house of work. You know, what work project are you going to finish? Yeah. Um, yeah. And for Cancer Capricorn, it's about money actually, or resources. Yeah. Um, you know, it's in the the financial axis of the, mm. the horoscope as well. So possibly a good time to be, you know, contracts, thinking about contracts and and deals with that Mars Saturn, mm-hmm. committing to something. Yeah, and you'd, so I would say that, you know, that pretty much that whole first week of April and last week of March are really good for this, like completions mm. um, and making commitments and also cutting out the commitment, you know, getting out of commitments that you don't want to make. At the same time, you're focused on the correct ones. That's another thing that Mars brings is focus. Mm -hmm. Um, And together, Mars and Saturn are practical and can actually make a difference. Um, And one of the things that I think has been really kind of worrying about the Saturn in Aquarius is that it's Aquarius is the sign of fixed air, fixed ideas, fixed uh, concepts. And Saturn went into Aquarius, uh, when was it? December 2020. Yep. And we are in a land of very fixed. People are very fixed in their ideas. And actually Mars may come along and help us to unfix some of those ideas. Mm, Interesting. And also, I mean, looking at this, this gives you a real sense that, you know, for the first time in ages, Saturn and Uranus, are just moving a part of their square, which dominated last year as well. So mm-hmm. again, you know, there's there's things that have held quite firm. A sort of there's there's a chance of more freedom or or more movement, maybe. Um, I think of thinking things of things in a different way is how I would put it. Mm-hmm. Having a new uh, point of view, having a different point of view, and that applies across the board as well. Yeah. Although you know, possibly particularly to Gemini you get some new ideas coming in. I mean, Gemini is having a a fantastic time in terms of thoughts, you know, in this month Mm -hmm. and falling in love with subjects that they're doing. I know my young Gemini has um, realized that she just loves philosophy. She's mad on philosophy. And that she's realized that as Mars and Venus have been moving through that ninth house for Geminis. Yeah. Yeah. uh, and that her, you know, her mind is kind of exploded. And of course, it's a fantastic example of, you know, philosophy is a system is about systems of ideas, systems of thought. That is Saturn in Aquarius. Mm. Mm. And also, also, I mean, networking because of the Mercury during this new moon for Gemini in Aries, friendships, groups. I mean, I know, you know, another Gemini friend of mine who's kind of her work's just really taken off. 
Um, and she's doing, you know, she's needing to do a lot of um, networking and delegation and teamwork, actually. Um, yeah. And fast, you know, needing to sort things out and fast. Mm. Um, so quite interesting for Gemini. Interesting new moon, though, isn't it? I mean, there's potential in it, definitely, I think. There's a, there's real potential in this new moon. Do we want to look at, I'm just aware of the time, do we want to look, um, move on a bit and look at maybe the full moon or is there more you want to say on this? Um, the only other thing I want to say is for Libras, this is, you know, you're still in this love potential, you know, yeah. uh, you really are. And, uh, you know, during this month with the sun in Aries, which is lighting up your relationships and Venus and Mars in your romance sector, come on, Libra, you know, this is about love and fun and having fun with your relationships and being with fun people. You know, it doesn't all have to be, um, hard work and it's not just one relationship either i'd say <laughs> right <laughs> in true libra style actually yeah oh i can't decide yeah it's just sort of date lots of people and see what happens <laughs> it's that kind of vibe actually isn't it yeah i think it's really i i you know i envy them as libras they're obviously having a really they could have a really fun time if they wanted to i hope they are i hope they are because it's been quite um you know I'm going to stick up the full moon, 16th yeah. of April. 16th of April. Um, so I just wanted to say something about, um, you know, this full moon, because it's this, it's the full moons that determine Easter for those of us who celebrate Easter, isn't it? It's um, the first full moon after the equinox. Um, and this falls on a Saturday. Then Easter Sunday is the next Sunday. So that's why Easter is so late this year. It's um, Easter Sunday is going to be April the 17th. So I love that, that it's to do with the moons, you know, the, the full moons determine the dates of the, of the yeah. Easter. And-, and you can see that Easter is literally going to be late. Why? Because this is a full moon at 26 degrees. So it's late degrees of a Libra. So yeah. it's 46 of Libra, which tells you, okay, Easter's late. Um and it makes a it makes a lovely square to Pluto there. That's quite a tough um, aspect, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really talked about how there's a lot. Of, there was so much, and there's been so much energy in Capricorn over the last few years, and now most of it's kind of gone, except for Pluto still there, working away in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are a Capricorn, you, this full moon seems to be rather kind of focused on you. You know, something's going to may happen for Capricorn. It may be to do with your career or it may be to do with your home life, but it may turn out to be quite a pivotal full moon for in the whole year, actually, for mm. Capricorns. Mm. Yeah, either probably around an ending or mm. kind of needing to sort of step up and be more powerful. I mean, again, with Pluto, you know, a symbol doesn't mean just one thing. It has these different sides to it. It's interesting because I was just about to say for Libras when we were looking at the new moon. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about them having, you know, potentially a lovely time with different people. And I was saying, yeah, and they need it because of this difficulty they've had with Pluto in their fourth house. That's, That's been a good. tough transit for many Libras. So, again, there could be something pivotal for Libras around family, home, family, past, around this full moon. Or literally, yeah, and that can that can manifest very literally. 
Um, I'm just thinking about a labor I know who literally had stuff under her house. I can't remember what that gas is called, mm. that natural, um, you know, that actually can ca- cause a lot of problems mm. um, or a ghost in the house, you know, uh, or being homeless, not being settled, not feeling settled uh, yeah. or a, a difficult neighbor or something may have been kind of very disruptive for Librans. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so it's interesting for those cardinal signs to think, you know, where has, what's that difficult Pluto thing been, you know, over, even over the last many years, what is, and focus on it. And it's nearly gone, by the way, you know, next yeah. year Pluto leaves Capricorn for good. Yeah. That whole issue is resolving itself. Yeah. It is. And it's a very pivotal full moon, this one as well, for Cancerians. I mean, I think the full moons are really important for Cancer anyway. But this is, you know, the sun and moon across the foundations of your horoscope. It's about where you're heading, where you come from. And what's that Pluto? Is it, you know, someone who's been absent or is it someone who's played quite a, a powerful, a difficult role in your life? You know, and again, around this full moon, things really coming to a head, needing to make some some decisions to to leave something behind and kind of start afresh. Yeah. And it may be to do with where you live Yeah, um, for Cancerians. I'm just thinking about Cancerians. I've, you know, over the last 10 years or so, who've quite a few, I know have had no one, no partnership while Pluto has been going through their seventh house, mm-hmm. you know, in the opposite sign. Yeah. Um, they've been on their own and they've kind of managed to adjust to that and, or had, it's transformed their relationships essentially. Mm. Um, but that whole learning process that you've been through, that's about relationship for Cancerians is, is, you know, reaching an ending. Now you've actually done all the work, done a lot of the work mm. and that may result in a, maybe a house move or a career move. Now um, it's interesting. It's a, it's a powerful um it really is quite a powerful full moon. And it's, is it the last one before the eclipses or the next one's eclipses? Um, it is the, yeah, there's an eclipse uh, next month. is eclipse month. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Taurus. I mean, they're Taurus Scorpio, aren't they? So yeah. Taurus month is eclipses. So it is, does feel like kind of the end of an era, this full moon. It does, yeah. doesn't it? And, and, and a, a, the end of an era, which one would welcome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Putting something to bed or, you know, putting something that's been difficult in your life behind you. Um, so quite an interesting full moon, this one, really pivotal. Yeah. And the other thing that this full moon does, speaking of, you know, if you look at the chart, it's it's it um, makes an aspect also to Juno, the, the planet of uh, partnerships. Mm-hmm. It, Aquarius and she's been in Aquarius. She's actually had a chat with Venus. She's had a chat with Mars. She's had a chat with Saturn, right? Mm. And Juno is about partnerships, about contracts. And I think she's pretty comfortable actually in Aquarius. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that she's making some kind of aspect to this full moon. And it may be, as you say, the end of a contract that is, it may be not literally a piece of paper. It may be some kind of psychic contract that it, that you've fulfilled, mm. um, and I think that's particularly true of 
well, a lot of it, this does affect quite a few different um, signs. So again, I'm interested with the Cancerians that there may be some kind of unsaid contract that you're finishing, a psychic a karmic contract. Mm. Mm. Um, I say that partly because it's Juno's somewhat conjunct to uh, conjoining Saturn at that point. Yeah. Um, and for Cancerians, it's at an interesting angle to your sun, you know. So, yep. And I think for Leah's, um, you know, relation, looking at that with regard to relationships too, personal and professional, um, but not psychic, more contracts. Yeah, just straight contracts. Straight contracts. Yeah, marriage. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. That's who it is for Leo. Um, yeah. And and so we should also just, I mean, I mean, we talked a bit about the Jupiter Neptune at the beginning, didn't we? Because of, you know, the conjunction with Mercury that starts this month, but you know, this full moon, they're very close still, and they, they actually make the conjunction on 12th of April. I wonder, actually, you know, sometimes with these bigger conjunctions, they're not so always date-specific. You know, we're already, oh, in this, we're already in this Jupiter-Neptune, aren't we? And it's actually when the Jupiter-Neptune gets triggered. So, you know, when the sun comes along, as it has done, and then Mercury, and then also Venus and Mars will catch up with them it's more those dates really when you kind of it gets brought to life and you see what it's about you see what it means so the actual date itself may not be you know that significant that important could be be, i agree it probably might be as well but you know we've already seen at the um new moon in pisces Right. The new moon in Pisces went from the sun to Jupiter to Neptune. And that was at the beginning of March. Yeah. We saw those first huge waves of refugees starting to come. Yeah. Uh, Then the sun went through and we're up to what then the sun actually joined those two triggering that that conjunction. And we've seen that we're up to two and a half million people on the move. Yeah. And. Uh, so the actual conjunction needs to be triggered and it's going to be triggered later. You know, next time we talk, it will be ha- making conjunction with Venus, which is actually great. Um, it's a beautiful thing, but um, nevertheless, having said that, I think we both agree that this is the thing of this mm. month is this conjunction is this two joining together. And even on this, um full moon you can see that there's an actual what's called you know so it's an in conjunct it's a quincunx it's Mm. actually being triggered by the moon again in a way that um you know quincunxes are a weird aspect Mm. but they can be very dynamic they can stuff can happen on quincunxes yeah Yeah. Um, and things that as you say it's about what can't what's not seen you know what you're what's like just outside your it's not straight ahead of you. It's just to the side. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I often think the quincunx is something that you kind of know about, but you're not looking at it. <laughs> you know, there's that kind of feel to the quincunx. You need to turn your gaze there and deal with it sometimes. Um, you know, it's, so it's interesting that it's the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction that is potentially hidden. We need to turn our gaze to it, that full moon would be saying, wouldn't it? The full moon would be saying, and then it will happen when the moon moves into Scorpio and our gaze turns to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, of course, it's a, it's a semi-sextile to 
the sun in Aries. So it's like just there. It's really, you really can't see the things that are there. Can you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the sun is, is, is turned its gaze away from that. Mm. When the sun gets into Taurus, of course, it'll get back into a sextile with the, mm. with that uh, Neptune and Jupiter conjunction, that spot. Mm. And mm. it start to trigger it again. But then, of course, Jupiter starts to go into Aries. Yeah. A whole nother story for next month. Yeah. But this is really important, this mm. Jupiter-Neptune thing. And I think we discussed it at the beginning of, the sh- of this uh, discussion, really. Um, but I think we should emphasize it at the end as well, not to. Absolutely. Uh, not put that down. And to see also that it will not just be triggered by this um full moon but every time during the month that every time you know every time something goes over that point so the moon goes over that point every month Mm. yeah what happens is that um this conjunction sensitizes 23 24 degrees of pisces actually it's 22 23 24 degrees of pisces for the rest of you know for for a long time and Mm. i think that we've just had a fantastic example of how a degree can be sensitized by outer planetary conjunctions for much longer than people think. Because this war broke out when Mars went over the conjunction of Saturn, that the point of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that happened in January, 2020. Yeah. Right. So two years later, is when it was triggered by Mars. Yeah. Right? yeah. So just keep that in mind that this is now a sensitive point. Yeah. What happens is like it gets softened or yeah. sensitized is the best way of putting it. Yeah. Not just now, but for a long, long time, because yeah. Neptune is such a powerful outer planet and so is Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you know, and I do think these big conjunctions as well, you know, they tell us, I mean, obviously they're going to be on a personal level, you know, use that Jupiter Neptune wherever it falls in your horoscope. You know, this is the place to have hope. It's the place to have big dreams, but it also plays out very much on a collective level. And you see the themes. We've got the refugee theme. We've also got huge inflation. This is a bubble as well, isn't it? Um, The Jupiter Neptune. So you kind of, you know, just, you know, look around at what's happening in the world. You can see the Jupiter Neptune. There was also the floods, weren't there? In huge devastating floods in Australia, this big wave, you know, as as the Jupiter Neptune got triggered. So you can see the bigger themes of what's going on. But really, you know, on a personal level, you know, the Jupiter Neptune is about hope, it's about faith, and it's about, you know, being creative, it's about visualizing, it's, you know, having a spiritual faith as well. Um, So really use it wherever it falls in your horoscope. And I think, again, bring it back to where we started, it is about that connection. It's about connection. It's about unity and a compassion and kindness and caring. Um, Mm. So I think on an individual level, it's about holding on to that and using it in in a positive way, the sort of positive benefits of the the Jupiter-Neptune. Or allowing it in, you know, in a way it's not, it's, it's, it's more about going with the flow because you can't go against it. You know, wherever that flow is kind of happening, very strong, uh, a strong current is happening somewhere in your chart. And mm. Jupiter Neptune has opened the gates. Mm. 
Mm. Um, and it may be a current, you know, it's different for different people. You know, maybe that you go and live by the seaside. I don't know. Or you live on a strong, on a big river. Uh, you move to a big river. Or you become a missionary. Or, you know. <laughs> missionary, take up sailing. Yeah. Uh, but it may also be that you have a big spiritual awakening. And this can also be true on a collective level. Yeah. I mean, I noticed that, you know, when it happened in 1856, there was a big, uh, in, great interest in spirituality of all kinds. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think and I, I was going to say I think I said this before, but you know I do hope that the people see this conjunction and that this is going to be like a global meditation or uh, yeah. you know, some way of marking it because that that will be the best way of kind of again really tapping into the the power of the Jupiter Neptune. Um, as you say, I think that it's a point that needs to be repeated. It's really important. Um, it's already that we're here already. You know, yeah. waiting for April 12th, don't. Yeah. It's not, April 12th is is the actual moment. But these also are planets that don't have boundaries anyway. So, yeah. you know, not only will it be, will they be close together for, you know, weeks, they are, they're like, um, I don't know, I want to say that they're supposed so porous as planets that they will be connected now from for a long time even as jupiter goes into aries next mm. month it's, it's then drawn back to neptune mm. you know it's like i can feel it like a kind of i want to say like a stretchy glue or something that they're now connected by they're not disconnected mm. it's just that jupiter is going to go off and do neptunian things in aries mm. Mm. And comes back, doesn't it, into Pisces at the yeah. end of the year, November, December, just to pick up on those themes again. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think we better kind of <laughs> wind it up, man. Not get too boundless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's get this, let's get those Aries, you know, get your Aries going, Sally. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See you next month.